Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Felix Idolo. We pray that this message will bless you and lift you up as Dr. Felix Idolo brings you deeper insights into God's covenant with us. And now, here is Dr. Felix Idolo. Amen. So let's go to Deuteronomy 20. Uh, I think before we go to Deuteronomy 28, let's go to Exodus 23, 25 to 26. You shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. The number, no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your, your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. Can you see that? You see? It says, You shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless. You shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and your water. That talks about material prosperity. Your bread and your water will be blessed. Then I will take sickness away from the midst of you. In other words, he's saying, he's promising us here that we'll serve him free from sickness. You see, because sickness hinders our ability to serve God fully. That's what that scripture is saying. Sickness hinders people's ability to fully serve God. That tells you that it's not the will of God. The evidence just abounds in the whole Bible that God wants his people free from sickness. When you are sick, you can serve God fully. That's why we have sick leave in the, in the medical profession. When people come to us and, as doctors and they are sick, they ask for sick leave because they can't work while they are sick. A good number of them. That's what this scripture is saying that sickness hinders our ability to serve God fully. It's not God's will. It's not a blessing. We need to understand that. It's not in God's plan for us. That's why he says, I will take away sickness and disease from the midst of you. Then it says, no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. No one will suffer miscarriage and no one will be barren in the land. He says the number of our days, he will fulfill it. With long life, he will satisfy you. Psalm 91. The number of your days. In other words, sickness has the ability to cut short the lives of people. And God says, I will, I will fulfill the number of your days. You live as long as it will take to fulfill your assignment as a child of God. The number of your days I will fulfill. So you live your life until you accomplish your God-given assignment. Then you can say, okay, I'm, I'm satisfied and ready to go. Amen? He says, I will satisfy you. The number of your days. So you will serve the Lord and you will take sickness away from you. In other words, you will serve him without. Not with sickness. God didn't tell us we will serve him with sickness. 
He says, we will serve him without sickness and without disease. And then he says, the number of our days he will fulfill. So when sickness is taken away from us, then it cannot cut short our lives and keep us from fulfilling our God-given assignments. You are here on divine purpose. You are not here by mistake. You are here for an assignment. And God says you should enjoy the number of days that it will take to fulfill your assignment. Psalm 91. Verse 16. With long life, I will satisfy him. With long life, I will satisfy him. I will satisfy him with long life. In other words, what God is saying here, you live until you are satisfied. Life to your satisfaction. Not barely get a long life. A happy life. Amen? So how many people that are sick out there with, with disease in their body, can you go to their bedside and ask them, are you satisfied with your condition? And they will tell you yes. No. I, I don't know of any sick person who can say that. There's no sick person today who is in a hospital bed, unable to get up from that bed, whom you can ask, are you satisfied with your life as it is now? And he says, yeah, I am. No. Sickness takes away that element of satisfaction. And God says, with long life, I will satisfy you. A satisfied life also means a life free from sickness and disease, from pain. I have never experienced pain in my life and I'm felt satisfied. I've experienced pain, excruciating pain. But if you ask me at that particular point in time, are you satisfied with your condition now? I would not tell you, yes, I'm satisfied. No, I wish that pain to go away. Only when that pain goes away will I say, now nah, I'm satisfied. See, because that's the way we are by nature. A religious person will say, yeah, yeah, he's satisfied, but he's just lying. There's nobody who is sick with disease in their body who will tell you they are satisfied with their life. No, he said, with long life will I satisfy you. That's the will of God for you. A life free from sickness and disease. <clears throat> now, does it mean it's sin <clears throat> to be sick? No. Just because you are sick does not mean you are committing a sin. No, it simply means you need to resist it. You need to stand against it and claim God's best. And keep claiming it. Until it becomes manifest in your body. <clears throat> Amen. You, you keep play, claiming it. That's God's, is revealing God's best for you. Life without sickness and disease. With long life, will I satisfy you? The number of your days I will fulfill. I will fulfill them. Not just empty living. He says you will live life every day we live to the full. The number of days I will fulfill. That word fulfill means, it's an old word, which means to fill to the full. The number of days I will fulfill. Every day full. Full of service. Every day you live it with fulfilled. You live every day full of service to the Lord. The number of your days I will fulfill. With long life, 
will I satisfy him with long life? I will satisfy him. That is God's best. So we, it's there for us to receive it and claim it and believe for it. Deuteronomy 20, uh, Genesis 28. This is Genesis 28. Sorry, Genesis 25. Verse 7. This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age. An old man and full of years and was gathered to his people. You see the testimony of Abraham there? That's a blessing. This is the blessing of Abraham. The Bible says he was gathered to his people. That word gathered means to, like you harvest. When you go out there, you plant uh, maize or you plant uh, wheat and you allow it out there on the field. Then it grows. When it has grown, then it matures and produces a fruit. When it's time for you to harvest it, it's ready now. It's oh, it's now ready for us to harvest. That's what that scripture means. That means Abraham left this world when he was ready to leave. He was gathered to his people. That's what that scripture is talking about. He wasn't forced out of this world by sickness and disease. That's the blessing of Abraham. He lived life until he has fulfilled his assignment. When he was ready to go, he said, now I'm ready to go. Then he was gathered unto his people. The angels came and took him out. He wasn't forced out of here. He was ready to go on. So that is God's plan for us. With long life, it will satisfy you. With long life, you will be satisfied. I will be satisfied. You will be satisfied. You live your life until you are ready to go. Then you are gathered onto, your, onto the people on the other side. You are gathered onto them. <laughs> Amen. That, that's an interesting statement. Gathered. That means together. Not forced. No, it was gathered. The same thing we see in the life of Apostle Paul. He wasn't forced out of planet Earth. He left when he was ready to leave. With long life, will I satisfy? You are ready to go, means you are satisfied now. You've done what you need to do. You are ready to meet your, your, your Savior, Jesus, in eternity. You are ready to meet with him. So that when he asks you in eternity, I say, did you fulfill your, my plan for your life? Did you do what I called you to do on earth? Did you do what I placed you on earth to do? You can look at him in the eyes and say, Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your grace. And with that grace which you gave me on earth, I accomplish my assignments. Can you see that? That's what that scripture is talking about. You live when you are ready to move on. Not forced out of here by sickness and disease. You see? That's the will of God for us. God wants me well. God wants you well. And claim it. 
Claim it and keep claiming it. Keep claiming it until you get the fullness of it in your body. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen necessarily in one day, two days time, three days time, one month time. But you keep claiming it until you get to that point where you are completely free from it. You live your life without it, without sickness and weak. Keep claiming it and keep standing on the word of God for it. So you go to Philippians. Philippians. Chapter 1. Let's read from verse 18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice, and yes, will I rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Remember, at this point in time, Paul was facing trial. His life was in danger. He was going to be arrayed before Nero, the king, who was, everybody knew Nero was a madman for a king. And Paul was about to be arrayed as the chief troublemaker of the Roman Empire before Nero. They said that he had started a, a, a group that was the accusation before him that was causing disobedience everywhere in the Roman Empire, both in Jerusalem. So he was being accused of that before Rome. And the Romans were, there was one thing about the Romans were crazy about was order. They were suckers for order. They loved anything that would disrupt the order of the society. They were completely and totally against it. And so here was a man who was said to, be, to have started a religious movement that was creating disorder in the land. That was the lies that had been brought against the Apostle Paul by his accusers. And he's about to stand before Nero, the judgment run of Nero, and the punishment for stirring up disorder in Rome in those days was capital, was punishable by death. And so he has this sword of Nero hanging over his head and hanging over his neck, and it's against that background he's writing what he's about to write. Let's read it. Verse 19. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or whether by death. He says that whether I die or whether I die, Jesus will be magnified. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. You see? He's talking about the purpose of his life. There's purpose to his life. He says, as long as I'm alive, my whole life is about Jesus. That's service to God. For me to live is Christ. I don't have any other reason to, to live in, on this world, in this world except Jesus. Jesus is my reason for being alive. For me to live is Christ. That's what Exodus 23 verse 25 says. You shall serve the Lord your God 
and he will bless your bread and your water. And he will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall no one be barren or miscarry in your land. And the number of your days I will fulfill. So he's talking about the same thing. For me to live is Christ or service to God. As long as I'm in this world, I will serve him. What an attitude. And he's beginning to reap the benefits of serving him. Say, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. He's not afraid of dying. So you should also not be afraid of dying. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. He says, I have to choose. Here is a man who is facing death sentence. And he says, I have to choose. He's making a choice whether he should stay on, whether he should go. He's not afraid of death. He's making a choice here. He's living, he's walking in the steps of his father Abraham. When Abraham got to the point when, it was when he was ready to go, he said, now nah, I'm ready. I'm, I choose to go. Nobody forced him. Sickness is not forcing him out of his body. Disease is not forcing him out of his body. He chose to live at the point that he left. The same thing Paul is saying here. He said, I don't know what I'm going to choose, whether I should leave or whether I should stay. He's making a choice. The, 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 the sword of Nero is hanging over his head. And yet he's saying, I have to choose whether to leave or whether to stay on. So it's your choice. God has given us a choice to leave or to die. In the face of sickness and disease, choose to leave. Choose to stay alive. That's what the word of God says. That's, not, that's what the word of God says. He says, I have a choice in this matter. Whether to leave or whether to go on to be with the Lord. He said, I don't know which one to choose. But as he is writing that, the Holy Spirit was helping him to resolve that indecision. He says, for I am hard pressed between two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in flesh is more needful for you. In other words, what he's saying that if I choose to go, I'm going to be a little bit selfish about the matter. If I choose to go, I'm going to be the only one that will benefit from that decision. None of you here on earth is going to benefit from my being in heaven. Can you see that? Can you see how important that is? You see? He says, if I leave, I'm going to be the only one who will benefit from my dying. I'm going to be with Jesus. It's good for me. So all our brothers and sisters that have gone on to be with the Lord, it's good for them. We should not mourn too much for them. Yes, we should feel it that we've lost a loved one and a loved one. But remember, <laughs> they are benefiting from being with the Lord. That's what Paul is saying here. That is good for me if I go on to be with the Lord. It's for my benefit. But he says, I'm the only one who will benefit from that. You will not benefit anything. My living planet Earth will be gained for me, but lost for all of you. That's why he said, well, I'm going to walk in love in this situation. I will stay. Because if I stay, I can be a blessing to you. I can write more letters. I can come to you people again. I can teach you. You can get the benefit of the knowledge that I've already accumulated. Therefore, I choose to stay on. You see? He, he chose. And the moment he chose to stay on, Nero could not do anything to him. 
when he went and stood trial before Nero, you know what? He was set free because he chose to stay. He chose to stay on. The moment he chose to stay, that situation turned around for him. So in the face of sickness and disease, declare that I choose to live. With long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. With long life, the choice is yours. He says, I will satisfy. So this man is walking in his covenant blessing as a child of God. He knows that God has promised him long life. And he says, I choose to stay on. And the moment he chose to stay on, there was nothing Nero could do about it. Nero had to take that sword that was hanging over his head and, and sheath it. When he appeared before Nero, Nero pronounced the sentence of not guilty. It was Paul that made that decision. Paul said, I choose to leave. I have things to do here on earth. And I'm going to stay on and do them. I will not die, but I will leave to declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. You see? So we have a choice in this matter called death, in the matter of sickness and disease. Paul chose to live on. So I choose to live on. He's walking in the steps of the faith of his father Abraham. Abraham chose to live until when he had fulfilled his entire assignment. When he had fulfilled it, then he said, now I'm ready to go. Now I'm ready to go. With long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. That's what God promised us in Exodus 23, verse 25. Say, you will serve the Lord your God. And he will take sickness. He will bless your bread and your water. And he will take sickness away from you. And then the number of your days he will fulfill. So we have a choice. I said before you today, life and death, blessing and cursing. Let's go to Deuteronomy 32. We have to get our mind in line with the word of God. You see, when we think right, we believe right. When we believe right, we confess right. When we confess right, the, the results that we get are correct results. But when we think wrongly, if our thinking is out of line with the word of God, we'll believe out of line with the word of God. And when we believe out of line with the word of God, guess what will happen? We'll get results that do not line up with the word of God. So how do we believe in line with the word of God here? By knowing that God's will is healing and health for us. By knowing that God does not want us sick. He wants us to serve him without sickness and without disease. By knowing that according to the word of God, we have a choice in the matter of death. We have a choice to live. To live on until we fulfill our calling. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So Paul chose life and he lived. Abraham chose life and he lived. We should also choose life so that we can live. Deuteronomy 30. Verse 15. Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. See, I have set before you today 
life and good, death and evil. See, I said it before you today. Life and good, death and evil. You have to choose. Go to verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose. Who is choosing? Who is really choosing? Is it God? Who is choosing for you here? Is it God? No. He says you choose. You choose. That's what Paul did. Paul chose. He said, I am standing right now before life and death. The sword of Nero is hanging over my head. Threatening to cut off my neck. Cut off my head from my, from my neck. But he said, I have a choice. See how, what a powerful man of God he was. So the sword of Nero was hanging there. He was being accused of stirring up disorder in the entire empire. And if it was proven against him, they could kill him. But before he stepped before Pharaoh, he said to himself, I have a choice between life and death. I have a choice whether I stay on or whether I, I, I go on to be with the Lord. If I go on to be with the Lord, it's for my good. I know I'm not afraid of death. That's what he's saying. I'm a child of God. If I go on to be with the Lord, it's for my good. I'm the only one who will benefit from that decision. But if I stay here on planet Earth, multitudes all over the world will, will benefit from that decision. That's why he chose to stay on. He was making an unselfish decision. That in itself tells you how to make decisions. The best decisions are decisions that benefit not just you, but benefit more multitudes of people. If you want to ask yourself whether you are making a decision in line with the plan of God for your life, ask yourself how many people is this decision benefiting? If it's a decision that is benefiting not just you, not just your family, but people beyond you, you can be sure that is a decision that is flowing in line with the, with the love of God for mankind. But if it's all about me, me, myself, and I, if your decisions are always about me, myself, and I, you will always miss it. Let your decisions be based on love. The Apostle Paul could have left. After all, at this point in time, he had written a couple of epistles. At this point in time, he had spread the gospel around the entire a good part of the Roman Empire. He'd done a lot of work at this point in time. He could have said, well, I've done enough. I've done my part. I've written some epistles. The one that I wrote are enough. I've written about six, seven books. At this point in time, I've written some epistles. I've written the book of Philippians. I've written this epistle. I've written that epistle. What else? What else? Why should I stay on here? I'm tired. Here I am in this world. I'm doing my best to be a blessing to them. But they are accusing me, stirring up slander against me, calling me all kinds of names. They are doing all these things against me. I'm the, I'm the best guy that you could find anywhere in, at this point in time. All I'm doing is teaching them what God has made available to them in Christ. I'm teaching them redemption. I'm bringing good news for, to them. I'm not looking for anything from them. I'm here walking, my, walking all over the the, 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 the Roman Empire taking the gospel to them and they are busy accusing me of all these evils. No, I'm fed up. The one that I've done is enough. Let me go on to be with the Lord. In heaven, nobody's going to give me any, accuse me of anything. In heaven, I'll be celebrated. I'm going to stand before my Lord and I'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. I've done enough. Let me go on. Let other people continue from where I stopped. 
he could have resolved that decision that way. And he would have gotten exactly that. He would have died at that point in time. Pharaoh would have found him guilty and would have cut off his, 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 his head if he had made that decision. He would have said, well, I'm ready to go. That's exactly what he would have received. But he looked at it and said, no, more and more people need me in the empire. More and more people need me in the world. The brethren still need me. He looked into his spirit and said, there are still some books in there that I have not yet written. Therefore, I choose to live. And God honored his decision and gave him long life. So when you choose to live, I choose to live on. I choose to live, not just to live and just exist, to live to fulfill God's plan. That was the decision he was making. He was saying, I choose to live. In the face of sickness and disease, choose life. That's why God said, God was saying, I said before you today, life and death, blessing and cause. Therefore, choose what? Life. Choose it. It's your decision to make. And then he says, when you make that choice, I will satisfy you with long life. Can you see that? Can you see that? So we don't live our life with this fatalistic attitude that what will be will be. When death comes, it will come. We have no control over it. No, you have control over it according to the word of God. The apostle Paul had control over it when he said, I choose to live. When he chose to live, he stayed on. God honored that decision and kept him on. When we choose to live also, God honors our decision and keeps us on. Amen. So choose to live, not just to live, but live to be a blessing to people all around you. Amen. Long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. He says, I will, I, I, you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. Amen. He will take sickness and disease away from the midst of you. No one will miscarry or be barren in your land. The number of your days he will fulfill. In other words, he will give you enough time to live a fulfilled life and accomplish your assignment. In Jesus' name, amen. We trust that this message has been a blessing to you. Be sure to join us again for another refreshing episode. For additional information, please visit www.abettercovenant.org or email us at abc.abettercovenant.org. At